0: Welcome to Running It Back, the Lessons Learned from Sports Podcast. I'm Mike Palmer, joined as always by Tarlin Ray. Tarlin, we're going to talk about the point god CP3 this week. How are you doing? Well, first, I think probably it's not something you want
1: to, I want to share, which is my experience with my colonoscopy ah. this week. Or mm. I've now reached that age. Yeah. The one story I will tell. Is had two nurses show up. And this is at a moment where you completely disrobe the thing. Yeah. I, he's like, I can keep my mask on and my socks. And Nia, who's the head nurse, shows up and she introduces herself and says, And this is Tanya. And Tanya proceeds to say, Oh, no, my name is Tracy. And my response is, If you guys can't get that right, this is not going to go well. Can you go back and start all over? So that was my, that was the moment. Where the crew wow. who yeah. trying to take care of me, where I right. had no idea what happened while I'm out. Yeah. That was what that was a little of the mess. I mean, I if,
0: if you were pulling in for an oil change, you <laughs> would be disturbed. Uh, this right. is this exactly. is not your this is not your car. Yeah. That, this
1: is not my car. Yeah. So last and we continue to hear from listeners of the show, and we thank all of them. I do want to give a shout out to our female fans, in particular, uh woman I work with, Sophia Rodriguez. She gives Unbelievable feedback has given great ideas for the show, and so we always want to take a moment to thank those who are giving us new ideas and willing to tell us when we suck. Keep, so, them,
0: keep it, keep it coming. We're we're at Running It Back FM on Twitter, so that's a good place to hit us up. So, anyways, there it is. But we're talking about Chris Paul, also known as CP3, also known as the Point God, 36 years old been in the playoffs he's been in the playoffs playoffs a bunch he's never been to the finals until now you can still achieve in the NBA as a 36 year old gentleman that alone there are lessons learned around there don't ever sell anybody short same age as his banana boat buddy LeBron James which we will (laughs) hopefully get a little time to talk about the banana boat as well But, uh, but he really is the story of the NBA playoffs this year. The NBA finals are about to begin. Uh, When we're recording this, it looks like Milwaukee will probably get there. Uh, You never know. Maybe the Hawks are down three, two right now bounce back, but depending on how it shapes up, it'll either be the Suns versus the bucks or the Suns versus the Hawks. In either case, the Suns still look healthy. They've gelled as a team. The storylines are very much about Chris Paul, a legendary performance to knock out a Kawhi-less Clips back in the Lob City that he built as a Clipper. (laughs) So many stories to be told about the Chris Paul oeuvre. I don't even know where to begin. Plenty of lessons to be learned. For me, I remember 36. Let's put it that way. I like to see the older players succeed. I'm always pulling for them. And then, had he never made the finals, that was definitely gonna be it. Probably the first line of the description of him would be Hall of Famer who never won a championship. We still don't know whether he's gonna win one now, but if he does, He'll be the oldest. I think Kevin Willis was the other oldest first time appearance in the NBA finals. also, Also at 36. Biggest guns you've ever seen. Yeah, but he was more of a supporting character on that Spurs team that wound up winning. Chris Paul is really the leader of this team. And if you combine this performance with the performance that we saw from him overachieving also in Oklahoma City last year, and then coming to the Suns and overachieving again in a similar mode with a young, talented team around him, who he learned to work with as a leader. They learned to learn from him. You're the Suns' stand, so I want to give you time to, to talk Stan. to talk him
1: well, up. Come on, we—he's we, the point guard. I played point guard. I'm using air quotes to say played point guard. Yeah, you have to have the o- utmost respect when I and the same height as him,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, probably the same weight. And he, He's, he's right listed done.
0: as 175.
1: And that's not accurate. So we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But for, we always have to, in our running back moments, have to have our Wikipedia moment, just to make sure you yeah. understand how good a player he is. Mm-hmm. NBA Rookie of the Year, fourth draft pick. Wake Forest, when he played for Wake Forest in college, they got to the number one ranking for the first time in their history. Dima Deakins. Demon Deeks,
0: my boy Adam Dolder. You have to say the Wake Force. Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan, the greatest Demon Deacon. Uh, Paul, second, number number two, solidly. Solid. In the, in the number two slot out of Wake. He's, he's, he's been All Star Game
1: MVP, two time Olympic gold medalist. 11 mm-hmm. time nba all-star yeah 10
0: time all nba nine time
1: all nba defensive
0: he like, won a bronze at the fiba too so don't my, sell my, him
1: short in in the annals and the records he leads the nba in assists to turnover all yeah. time yeah he's number six and and he's led the nba six times in steals yeah and led the nba four times in assists. so mm-hmm. that is chris paul yeah. They're so on, on the surface, first battle hall of famer. He's a man. If you look
0: at his stats, and if you look at his regular season performance in particular. In particular. <laughs> that was I the agree. knock. That was the knock. That's you know, knock. So is... then
1: so then, but the knack, the knock on Chris is A, he's too old. He's right. signed. He's got some big contracts that people think is an albatross in recent years. And he's not won in the playoffs. Yeah. So we had the 2018 when Chris Paul and Harden team had uh, Golden State on the ropes and Chris Paul pulled his hammy. Yeah. 2015 with the Clippers, pulled a hammy again. Yeah. 2016, he has a hand fracture. Mm-hmm. 2017, tough with the Clippers when Blake Griffin fractured his hand. Yeah. Oh, got hurt. Sorry, I think it was not a hand fracture, but got hurt as well. And then we had other... Blow up moments where he had one moment where he was trying to draw a foul, didn't draw a foul, and then lost the game for the Clippers, and they end up losing that series. So they have looked at Chris Paul. A, he's, I hate the label because I got injured as a guy is just injury prone. Yeah. One. And then two, that he just can't, he can't win the big one. Yeah. So it's tough when you're a guy who, if you look at the rankings, of the top 10 leaders in the NBA all time, Chris Paul's on that list.
0: Yeah. Leaders. And he's on this. Yeah. Leaders. Mm-hmm.
1: And he's on that list with Jordan, yeah. Garnett, Magic, Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Isaiah Thomas, and Duncan. I looked at multiple lists. And they all sort of this is the
0: this is the Charlin Ray aggregator list aggregator meta analysis. Of course, you've come up the, the with moda, yeah, I, the I, data science. You have crunched oh, the numbers, yeah, a little, little yeah. Python.
1: Excellent, crunched all of it. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Paul will be on each of those lists. And so, what's missing when you think about Chris Paul? The chip
0: never made the finals, and the chip. But it's the chip though too, because if he loses in that scenario. He's more in the Barkley level, too, because Barkley made it. Also, that Suns team, when I see this Suns team, I run it back to 1993. And Barkley's team playing Jordan for Jordan's third of his first three-peat. That's the team with Kevin Johnson, Thunder Dan Marley, Cedric Sabalos. That was a squad. They brought Danny Ainge post-Biting Tree Rollins' ears, so they had a little bit of... I challenged that. Let me keep going down the leadership because you're saying he's Barkley-like,
1: and this. I'm is just not- saying.
0: I'm saying if he loses, if he does, now, if he loses makes it, it to the finals and doesn't get a chip, but if I he think- doesn't,
1: I want a challenge
0: because we're going to run it back to '93 squad, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the closest we have. Yeah,
1: are you open to a challenge? Bring it. Chris Paul makes teams better, and I'm dealing with win percentage. If you're go 41 and 41, you're a 500 500 win percentage and below yeah, that, below
0: yeah, 500, yeah.
1: When he joined the Hornet, prior to him joining the Hornets, they were 220. Yeah. With him as a Hornet, and he left in 2010, uh, 2011, they were 4, 463. Yeah. Then he joins the Clippers. They were 390.
0: Yeah, he makes and bad. They, he clearly makes bad teams. Hold there. on.
1: And they jumped to 606. Then he goes to the Rockets. They're 6, 671. He goes to 793. Thunder, 598. And that's a team, the Thunder team, they were trying to tank. And they're like, oh, I forgot Chris doesn't like to lose. And they went yeah. to 6'11. They got better. Yeah. And then the Suns, 466. Mm-hmm. 10 years. The best finish they had in the Pacific was ninth. Yeah. And another 720 this year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, good time. It's good timing. He definitely improves the performance of these teams. The question is, has is he ever championship level with the the caliber of team that he's able to make better? Is the question. And also I think with the Harden is the counterexample because Dan, Tony, Harden, whatever the nonsense was they were doing in Houston, in some ways indicated that he couldn't win it with other Hall of Fame talent. Arguably, that was more of a, a Harden problem than it was a Chris Paul problem, but just that whole situation kind of stunk, and he still has a little bit of the, the taint of that Houston period on him because i think when he started he was a lovable terrible team people were rooting for him to get a shot on a good team and then david stern stepped in and prevented thwarted his efforts to get to the los angeles lakers david stern plays the role of the timekeeper keeping for, Chris, for your Loki fans, for your Loki fans out there, keeping us from that alternative timeline where Chris Paul goes to the Lakers and plays with Kobe Bryant. We're never gonna we're never gonna see that. But how formative do you think were just his pads always seemed a little snake bit. He goes to the Clippers, the Donald Sterling Clippers. We we talked about that on our, our episode about the Quibi documentary Black Ball. Blackball, which is really And his role there, his leadership was demonstrated there, too. So I agree he's a leader, but he's always been on kind of snake bit situations until lately. Like I'd say Oklahoma City and now Phoenix. He is the Phoenix, isn't he, Tarlin? Rising from the flames of Houston.
1: You're just trying to trigger me because I thought we promised we wouldn't talk about 2011. 2011 would have changed the, the the landscape in the NBA. You would to have Chris Paul and Kobe Bryant on the same team, game over. Mm-hmm. And let's think back for for the uh, Hornets were in trouble. The NBA they are in debt to the NBA, but it's effectively the owner of the team.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the trade that was proposed was that Paul Gasol would go to the Rockets and the Hornets would get Lamar Odom, Kevin Martin. Goran Dragic and Luis Scola, Mm. and the Lakers would get Chris Paul, but that wasn't good enough. So instead, they held out for to send Chris Paul and two second rounders, to then get Eric Gordon, Chris Kaman, Alfruk Amino, and the rights to the 2012 first round draft pick in Austin Rivers. Yeah, and you tell me, this is the this is to me is equivalent to 1985 cold lottery card to make sure the New York Knicks got Patrick. You tell me that there's not something going on with the Donalds Stern and Sterling to have Chris Paul steer to the
0: other team in the, in our city. Yeah. Not, so that's not what we're here about. But there was some serious trolling of Laker nation by David Stern, which really limited Chris Paul's ability to be on those teams that would have had a much more realistic shot at, at a chip. And then by the time he's on the Clippers, he is scuttled by it being Donald Sterling's team and then having to weather that upheaval, not to mention he's playing with Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, which they, those two the guys, same big three they has. have not necessarily demonstrated how they make the teams <laughs> they play on better. So he hasn't exactly been dealt the best hands, but then you start pairing this 36 year old veteran future hall of famer with rising talent who. In particular, really in these last two cases, Oklahoma City, and now we're hearing a lot of these stories about the Suns, the chemistry is really good, and that's one of the places that we wanted to try to draw some lessons. So there is, from the perspective of those of us, we're all aging, but those of us who are aging towards the later years in our professional lives, we can appreciate Chris Paul doing things folks, haters were saying he was never going to be able to do towards the latter end of his career. Imagine had LeBron not won a championship yet, what the the skip Baylesses is and the, the, the incendiary takes would be about LeBron. So Chris Paul was at this point in his career where he might've just ended badly. Even below Stockton and Malone made it to the finals. Now at least he's made it to the finals. He's in the conversation with Barkley, Stockton and Malone. There's a lot of great, you know, Patrick Ewing. There's a lot of players who were great, but weren't quite great enough to walk away with a chip, Reggie Miller. There's plenty of these guys out there. He's now, at least on the championship pedigree, you can't knock him for that anymore. But now he's got this new mode, which I've seen you, I've seen you in a check-in call, Matarla, you have that, that point guard leadership gene in terms of working with the kids nowadays. So can you talk to us a little bit about the generational vibe and the dynamics that you think are, are making the magic happen here. Uh, I do, but I,
1: you keep mentioning Barkley and Paul. I can't let this go. Barkley was malign in Sixer at uh, the Philadelphia six 76ers, similar to what happened with Iverson. Yeah. He gets traded. He's a celebrity. He's a rock star. He's going to a team that the two years prior were 53 and 29 and 55 and 27 yeah. under Dan Marley, Tom Chambers, Hornercheck. Kevin Johnson, he was going to a good team. He yeah. elevated them, sixty-two yeah. and twenty. Yeah, he's a good player. But as we know, Charles Barkley famously said, "I am not your role model." Yeah. So he was an ingredient to put them over the top. He was a stud in those playoffs, losing to the Jordan Bulls in six yeah. games. Yeah. But I, I cannot sit here and let you compare Chris oh, Paul. And Barkley, because I Chris Paul, and this goes to the notion of the point guard as a leader, is doing more for his team than Barkley ever will do, and leaves more of an imprint than Barkley ever did.
0: Well, uh, I'll allow your take, but just defending Charles in this context, the 1993 Chicago Bulls might be slightly better than the team that Chris Paul's healthy sons. Are gonna maybe beat, I'll to give you that, maybe win a championship. So I'll give you that. And the idea that Barkley was the best player playing as competitively with the GOAT as anyone ever did. I will give Barkley, especially 93 Sons Barkley, a little bit of credit. And I'd say if Paul, let's say Paul loses to Giannis, I think you, I would file those two narratives right next to each other if he loses to chris middleton that's another story (laughs) so
1: you asked about lessons learned you learn more about chris paul just digging into his background yeah a guy that could have played varsity as a sophomore but chose chose to play jv Mm -hmm. didn't want to ride the pine in varsity wanted to have a chance to lead get some playing time and it really elevated him the guy that was class president Mm -hmm. who would go from planning the prom to an AAU team and then back after the AAU game, making sure everything was taken care of yeah. for the prom. Yeah. The guy since 2013 that has been the National Basketball Players Association
0: present. Yeah, the guy who was famously impersonated by Alfonso Rivera on a State Farm commercial. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. So... A guy
1: who's, it's the longest running, probably tied for the longest running MBPA. NBA NBA Players Association. association run with Oscar Robinson and one Laker, Derek Fisher. Mm -hmm. So he's a leader of all leaders and a guy, and this goes to the lessons I think about just in life and business and a guy who has taken these moments of pain, these moments of failure and catalog those and then be able to go as a 36-year-old who's lost a step, who went vegan a couple of years ago to hope to enhance, to, to, to have a little more longevity in his career. Yeah, yeah. And who's playing with guys like Frank Detank Kaminsky. Yeah. Cameron Payne, who was out of the league. Jay Crowder, who a lot of respect to Jay Crowder. This is one of the few guys, this is the second year in a row he'll be in the finals, but on a different team. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. Mikhail Bridges, young guy, won a, won, a, won a chip in college with Villanova. DeAndre Eaton, number one pick, but was not getting a lot out of DeAndre. And Devin Booker, who is the Kobe incarnate, who is he was a stud, but is very much underappreciated. The last guy, he's made the All Star team because he's a sub and people don't give him the respect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I just give a lot of credit to Chris Paul. Because I think he's taken a team where A he's taken all of his experiences and we, in a way, being able to infuse that into younger guys who often want to get ahead of the process. Yeah, and helping to understand the process. Mm-hmm. So that to me is one of the greatest feats I think he's done this year. Now, mm-hmm. the Phoenix Suns team is the bubble team. They went eight and zero last year in the bubble. Yeah. And some would say they could be a rising team. They would I, would, not. I, would,
0: I would say they caught lightning in a bubble. <laughs> I got to get the sound bites out there, Tom. we got to, you know.
1: You caught me off guard. So they were the bubble team, but no one expected them to do what they did this year. What Paul has done, and I think about it organizationally, you have younger generation who, at times, they want to see things happen as quickly as possible. Yeah. You have an older generation that has a trouble bridging with the younger because the younger generation say, what's next? Yeah, What about, I just did X, Y, and Z. Where, where's my next step? And they get a little uh, frustrated because they can't paint the picture and say, well, you should just hold on. Right. You should do what I do, which is put your head down for 10 years and not ready to do it. So yeah. I think Chris yeah. Paul has done an amazing job, A, figuring out how to shift the way he leads. Because in his early days, he was a little bit tyrant. He's
0: got a pain in the ass. And now he's a little bit less of a tyrant and a little bit less of a pain in the ass. Yes, he is. (laughs) But also got a bunch of younger, it's a bunch of younger
1: guys on the team to believe. Yeah. So to do that, I think I'm more impressed with what Chris Paul has done this year than most. This is to me a LeBron-esque type team where you have sub-talent and you got them to believe because you're buying into a system and culture. And so when I think about it, just I absorb it, as it's, you have challenges in your organization, you're trying to stitch together your own culture. It's just something to watch. You know, these are things you can take from sports and say, how do I apply that to real life? And I think Chris Model could be a, he could be a model for that. He could be on speaking circuit yeah, beyond his playing career, talking about what he did and the way he approached um, working with individuals and how he built culture.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, the, my, my slightly critical takes are he's a little too clearly the leader, like alpha leader. Mm-hmm. so that I, I think it works when he's playing with younger talent who are willing to defer. Mm-hmm. But if he were, there's another former uh, NBA champion named Scotty Pippen, who's been making the news lately. <laughs> when Scotty was playing with Jordan back in the day, Jordan coming across, because Jordan's leadership style was very tyrannical as well. And I think there are some parallels to be made there. But I think when you're playing people who are more at your level, like with, Har- with Harden, for example that sort of hierarchical leadership mode coming from him as also they they would have to share the ball. The basketball idea was just weird to begin with, but I think there is a little bit of, he has to be clearly like the, the top down leader, but I think he's learned to soften that. And I just think there are other team dynamics that frequently thrive when it's more of a balanced team. What I like about what Phoenix has done I would give a little more credit to the the talent level that they're building towards. They have a lot of players who have high ceilings. And once they brought Chris in to get more out of these rising young talent that they've assembled, I think that's when the team took off. So what's interesting is now what other guards out there could make a similar impact. And will there be point guards that can continue to thrive in the NBA a little bit longer. And then the other reason why he's called the point guard, at least in part is that he is playing more the traditional point guard role in terms of the basketball that he's playing. And as opposed to a lot of like Steph Curry is more like a point shooter. And the the, the position is evolving. The style of play that he has is very much a traditional leadership style. As a point guard, it's your job to distribute the ball around. And then what was so impressive about game six against the Clippers was that he called his own number in the definitive game and just blew them out. 41 points, eight assists, zero turnovers in a closeout game. That was a statement. This is also coming off. He had COVID this year, although I'm now referring to that as COVID light, but where you're vaccinated and you have COVID. Yeah, you're on the, the protocol. But still, he came back overcoming the injury knock. Paul Pierce's wheelchair has not made an appearance yet, although Giannis, I think, might be warming it up if he does come back at some point in the finals. Any thoughts about the basketball side of it, the, the way he plays the point guard position and the way that position is evolving? We did a show on Steph Curry recently, which I think is there is an interesting counterpoint in terms of how you think about building your team. Yeah,
1: so very different player than Steph. He still is the floor general. If the market has gone to three and D, so guys to shoot three and, and D and very low some, he's exploited a market inefficiency where someone can hit the mid-range J yeah. and all day long. There was a series, I don't remember if it was a series before, the Clipper series where he, I think he hit nine straight 15 footers. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was unstoppable. One of the things you said, you said it's top-down leadership. And I've been in organizations where they've been completely flat. And there was a way of work or an operating system called Holacracy, where people could basically put themselves in any role that they thought they'd like to energize at that point, And people would be fluid throughout yeah. the organization. Tony Shea from Zappos is one of the things that he promoted, but it created some, I, I think, at times chaos. Yeah. I think what Chris Paul, has learned, is there value into some structure? He will tell you the lead dog is Devin Booker. He's not trying to be Devin Booker. What I think he's enabling people to do, and I find it if you look at engagement surveys, if you're talking to your team on a weekly basis in just an organization or companies, people want to know what their role is. Mm -hmm. People want to know why they wake up every day and what their responsibility is and what they have agency to do yeah and i think what chris paul has done with a very young team is given that group of guys with monty williams and everyone else yeah. an understanding of not only whatever their role is how they can excel in that role yeah how they can expand beyond that role so deandre ayton said he's playing at 150 percent harder than he's ever played yeah and it's watched film just repeatedly over pick and roll with Chris Paul to understand where he, he can extend his value. Mm-hmm. So I go to the Jim Collins, good to great, what's the right seat on the bus? I think about challenges I'm having in my own organization, just team members not understanding what their role is. Yes, And when you understand every day what your job is, like where you can excel, you have full agency and creativity and people flourish. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what Chris Paul may feel top down, but at some level, people just want to know the structure, and then, hey, I may be in this pecking order now, but I can kill it, Frank Kaminsky, if I'm coming in, because this is what I'm going to do when it when my number is called, or Cam and Payne, yeah. energy guy with literally the ugliest left lefty jumper I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe that goes in. Yeah, But they know their role. So that's what I hear when I think about on the basketball side, why Chris Paul, still one of the best handles in the league, He's creating opportunities, and those people that are on his team know Cameron Johnson, others know what they're supposed to do. It's freeing.
0: Sure. And I think it is for a certain type of talent, that management style, I think that approach works. It reminds me of, uh, it's like Steve Jobs, the reality distortion field. He could see successful work that people couldn't see in themselves so you yep. can see more out of someone and then that belief and then the fact that he's the guy distributing the ball to you and also even if Booker is their lead dog once they're on the defensive end he may no longer be the lead dog anymore so I think the fact that Chris Paul actually plays both sides of the ball granted he's getting older he's also getting he's falling down more when he's getting crossed up He's making, it's, it's not quite being posterized, but it's, he's getting his ankles broken a lot. And I was reflecting on myself with crossovers. And if you don't move your feet, you really can't get your ankles broken. So I may just recommend stand still, stand and Chris, still. Chris to stay where you are. Everything's going to be okay. But, uh, but my point is that I think there are certain types of teams that respond to different dynamics on the floor. The one comp that's out there, and I know you might cringe to me, is Isaiah Thomas as a point guard who was the most competitive guy on the court. His leadership style was a little more mercurial. People didn't really like him as much and get with him as much, but like he was able to lift the bad boy Pistons. They had a different mindset, a different team culture. I just think he's the right kind of guy to develop a young team around him. And I think he landed in a perfect situation to show that's true, and he's impressed me so far. I'd love to see him get the the chip here, but any concluding thoughts? We could obviously keep going on this. Last,
1: I'll give you Isaiah. As a Laker fan, I, I struggled to even stomach that team. I,
0: I didn't say Stockton. Uh, yes, yeah,
1: yeah. And thinking about that Pistons team with Lambeer and Sally and Robin and Vinny. Dumas. I think they all similar concept playing. Yeah, Joe, Joe Dumars. Let's get Joe here, too. I said yeah. Joe. The more recent running back comp is probably the Miami Heat from last year and what Jimmy Buckets did with that team and Bam and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And then you got Udonis Haslam in the, I was about to say in the Jay Crowder role, but Jay Crowder was on that team as well. But he, he was kind of the Obi-Wan
0: Kenobi after he was struck exactly, down. Role.
1: Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. constantly appearing on yeah. the bench and, and taking money. For a finals and a playoff that's been hard to stomach because of the number of injuries, Che Young's out, Giannis is out, Paul was out for a while. I, I will be, and I once, once the Lakers lost, I was unabashed and a bunch of, uh, chats at work and friends, like I'm yeah. a full time Suns fan. So you, you I, hopped I, on that bandwagon quickly. 100%. 100% yeah, yeah. Yes. So I would love to see him finish it off. And if not for anything other than I celebrate those individuals that go through this type of leadership story arc that have been plying their trade as a leader since they were in school in various forms. And this is just a different manifestation, different expression of that leadership. It doesn't, as you're saying, doesn't work in all situations. But I feel like he, if anyone, has the cheat code in terms of how to lead individuals. And I want him, as you talked about my curated list of top NBA leaders, he needs to finish it off to make sure that list feels complete.
0: All right. So there you go. Lessons to be learned from the point guide, Chris Paul. Shout out to Chris. We'd love to hear what you think. We'd love to hear what any of our listeners are thinking. Uh, We're trying to get lessons learned from what we see in the sports world around us. Tarlin, always fun. Thanks for a wonderful endeavor.
1: Shout out to Cliff Paul as well.
0: Shout out to Cliff Paul. He did sit like LeBron sat behind him on the banana boat. It was Gabrielle Union. Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul. Hope those you are giving us support, thank you. We'll be back again soon. This is running it back.